Now, the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning and welcome to this Aloha Friday edition of the program. I'm Bobby Curran along with Tanner Hayworth and we got lots of things to talk about. Of course, this is a big football Friday. And uh, I have to say, there's one development. I, I guess I'm getting dragged kicking and, kicking and screaming into the streaming uh, era now because the only way you can watch the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs is on Peacock. I mean, I, is that right, Tanner? That's what I'm getting. That's the only way you can get it. So if you don't have Peacock, you're not getting the game. Simple as that. And I think that's apparently going to be coming. The fact that they would do that in the playoffs tells me it's here to stay. Uh, so that's interesting. Let's look at the schedule uh, for the NFL this weekend. Uh, on Saturday, Cleveland is at uh, Houston. That's going to be on regular TV. And then Miami at Kansas City is the 3 o'clock game, and that will be the one on Peacock. Now, Sunday is going to be featuring Pittsburgh at Buffalo. That's 8 a.m. Hawaii time. Then Green Bay at Dallas at 11.30. And then the Sunday night game, essentially, is L.A. Rams at Detroit, which is, I think, an interesting game. Monday night, yep, yes, there's still a Monday night game. It's Philadelphia at Tampa Bay. So I think, uh, Tanner, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to impose on you to give me your selections in just a minute on who's going to win these various games. I, Because I, I think... I don't know that I would pick, even though I don't think Kansas City's playing great this year generally and lately in particular, I don't think they're playing great. But, you know, the the thing with Tua and the cold weather, I wonder if there's something to that. Uh, Miami is not good as a team in cold weather. Um, they haven't been. Tua has not been good in cold weather. Uh, so I suppose my, my selection in that game is going to have to be, as much as I hate to say it, it's going to be Kansas City. Your thought? I think Tua playing, especially in this kind of cold weather, is something to look at. But in the cold weather that's going to be happening this weekend, I believe right now I'm looking at the weather uh, from ESPN. They have a little weather app for the game. Right now it's at, they're projecting minus one. And that's without wind chill. So at this point, I'm not sure how much of it is is it cold for Tua? I think at this point is, is it cold for the Miami Dolphins? And is it cold for the Kansas City Chiefs? You know what I mean? Because this will affect a lot more than just quarterback play, in my opinion. I can't wait to see what they do in this kind of cold weather. If anything, I believe that the running game for the Miami Dolphins is just as good as their passing game. So I think that they could pull something through with this, even despite the cold weather. I think I'm going to go Miami on this one. Wow, that's interesting. Well, then my, you know, Kansas City is not a huge favorite. I was at four, I think. I think four, four and a half. That uh, currently that Kansas City is favored by. I, that's not insurmountable. I don't think that's. Uh, I agree with you on that. But maybe the running game. May, wouldn't that be something if what carries the Dolphins is their running game? I'll tell you that everybody talks about. Oh, Mostert's. You know, he's not available or whatever. I'll tell you the guy I like better than him is a Shane. A Shane is really a good good back. 
and I think he'll give my he'll give Kansas City fits. That's my my guess. And I don't know, like who on Kansas City? Pacheco? I mean, is that the? Is, he's the he's the the answer man, right? You don't really see uh, uh, the guy from LSU very often anymore, do you? I mean, he's kind of just he's like a stopgap now. He is definitely the second string guy. Let let me get to the other game, uh, and I I jumped to that one because it's interesting to me. But Cleveland at Houston, um, do you give Cleveland a chance in this one? Well, Cleveland is the favorite, has the two-and-a-half-point favorite, and they're the away on the, on the, on road. the road. So I think the Cleveland Browns, in my opinion, have the best defense in the NFL. In my opinion, has the defensive player of the year, but I think that's a little that's a little uh, too hot of a take for most for a lot of people. That's saying that Miles Garrett, I believe, is the defensive player of the year despite not having as many sacks as T.J. Watt. But I think that that Browns defense – is just so good. I'm just not sure if the Texans are necessarily ready to go against a defense like this. I'll I'll be I'll be shocked if CJ Stroud can come out with a win with this. Well this isn't necessarily to say that CJ Stroud is bad. This is more to say that that Browns defense is so good and if Joe Flacco can keep up how well he's playing the last couple of weeks the Browns might be a dark horse this year in the AFC. You know, it's funny because Joe Flacco, uh, he wasn't playing before this signing with Cleveland for a reason. He hadn't played very well in his last day, but he suddenly looks rejuvenated. He looks like a different guy. Right. Well, I think about with the Joe Flacco was that the year before this, he was playing in New York, and he had that really amazing game against the Browns where in that in two minutes, came back from a 14-point deficit and won the game for the New York Jets or something like that. It might have been a 10-point deficit. But regardless, to do that in two minutes, I think it showed that Joe Flacco still has got that clutch gene in him, that gene that got him the Super Bowl MVP over a decade ago, by the way, if you want to feel a little old with that statement there. But Joe Flacco out here trying to teach the young bucks how, how he did it. Remember, he gambled by not taking a contract with back in the day with Baltimore, and he decided that, you know, no, he'd take a chance on himself. He bet on himself, essentially. They won the Super Bowl. He got the huge deal. A lot of people said, boy, that was the best, that was the best bet on himself that you do, you'll see in the league. And then, but he didn't do much after that with Baltimore. So that was a really interesting deal. And but he's now looking like that the guy in that Super Bowl year with uh, with, Cle with Cleveland. Let, let's go look at the Sunday games real quick. Pittsburgh's at Buffalo. Do you give the Steelers a chance in this game? I think this is the whole thing with Josh Allen. He is probably he's gifted. He's one of the more gifted talents in the NFL. And as great as he has played this year, stats-wise, it's still safe to say that the easiest road to a Buffalo deficit is Josh Allen. And if he tries a little too much, then maybe the Steelers have a chance. Without TJ Watt, it certainly feels like an insurmountable goal. But Mason Rudolph has been playing very well the last couple of weeks. And in the year of the backup quarterback, it might be the backup quarterbacks that have the last say in these NFL playoffs. Um, am I giving them much of a chance? Not really. But I could see the pathway for a Steelers win. More likely than not, 
I think Buffalo's got this. Wow. Okay. That's that's fair enough. And I think most people are going to see it that way too. What happened to Kenny Pickett? He's just like dropped off the face of the earth. Seems like um, Green Bay's at Dallas. This is one where I just don't see Jordan Love being ready for prime time. And Jack Prescott has played well. I just think Dallas is going to be too much. The thing about Dallas is this is what they always do, right? 12 wins, an amazing regular season. And a regular season that also started off with the Arizona Cardinals loss, by the way, if we want to go all the way back to the first couple of weeks of the year. I think there is something in the Dallas Cowboys that I just can never really believe. Is it this week that they blow it? I'm not sure. But they're going to blow it this playoffs, like how they do every single playoffs, it feels like. Jordan Love, I think, has proven to a lot of people that he is the starting quarterback of the Packers for the next couple of years. And I've been really impressed with him so far in his first year of full starting. I think it's going to be the Cowboys, but there might be a couple, you know, a couple of cracks glitches, in the armor. maybe? A couple of glitches, yes. Okay, Rams at Detroit. I just think I, I'm a believer in Detroit, despite the fact that there's been some some blips on the radar screen there. What about you? I like the both of the teams. This is going to be really fun, you know, uh, with Matthew Stafford coming back to Detroit in the playoffs. The last person to really get that team to the playoffs was Matthew Stafford all those years ago. So I think it'll be a fun one. The Rams, despite a really terrible roster, uh, they come out with, what, ten a 10-win season. So good on them. Um, I'm not sure how much you see a dip in production without Sam Laporta out there. Um, that's why I might go with the Rams on this one. I might go with the veteran leaders, Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald. I kind of like those guys right now because maybe – the Detroit Lions might still be a little too green for this. Okay, and then you get to Monday night. Philadelphia is at Tampa Bay. I, I think I'm going to – I don't know how much of a surprise it will be, but Tampa Bay has played well. Philadelphia has been awful down the stretch. People are even talking about Sirianni if they lose. Losing his job, that's hard to believe, with considering the start to their season. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. You? Cautiously? I'm picking Tampa Bay, and this is not because I'm a Tampa Bay fan. Uh, the one thing I'm worried about is we already had this Monday night matchup all the way in week four uh, where the Eagles kind of uh, just kind of took apart Tampa Bay at will at the beginning of the year. So I think that's where my concern lies and that they've already beat us. But at the same time, I guess it's hard to beat a team twice. So I don't know. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay here just because I want something funny to happen. The Eagles have been very disappointing, and Jalen Hurts hasn't hasn't thrown a ball since Sunday, uh, according to practice reports. So that's something concerning for the Philadelphia Eagles fans out there. Um, I'm going to go out there and let Baker cook. Ooh, there you go. Or let Baker bake. Yeah, Baker bake. Uh, well, I think this is going to be an interesting game, and I also do think – if Eagles, if the Eagles lose this, it'll be a big stain. But I don't think Sirianni will get fired. That's just my thought, because a lot of people are saying, "Oh boy, he could be in real trouble." And they're talking about Robert Sala being the new defensive coordinator there, so they're assuming that Robert Sala is going to be fired. I don't know if I'd fire Robert Sala either, actually. 
That's just not. That's just my thought on it. Okay, it's 14 minutes past six o'clock. What does Jared Bell from USA Today think? And I want to see which game he's selected to attend in person this weekend. Let's take a quick timeout and be right back on ESPN Honolulu. The old Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times. I certainly think in the NFL for a number of people, most recently, the whole contretemps with uh, Wink Martindale and the New York Giants. Apparently, his relationship has fractured with head coach Brian Dayball, and uh, so he's out. He's foregone. He wanted out so bad to be unrestricted in, in the release, in his release, he's foregone, or foregone the, the $3 million the Giants owed him. That's that. That's one now pretty badly. Joining us now, Jared Bell from USA Today. Jared, how goes it? <laughs> Not as good as it goes for Wink Martindale because you know if you don't leave that that kind of money on the table, it means you you've made a few dollars over the years. Yeah, then I guess so. And plus, it also tells you he wants out pretty badly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times too, um, in in these coaching contracts. It's like you have the offset language. So if you get another job somewhere else, then you get that the other that thing, comes off yeah. the three million. Yeah, exactly. So there there could be some of that involved. I don't know, but just hearing that off the top of my head, um, you know, would would make you question some of those things. But like you said, he wanted out of there bad and um yeah, the reports uh, coming out over the past few days about, uh, you know, about his, uh, you know, angst. <laughs> and, and the expressions of which has been pretty interesting. So, no, but I, it's been a crazy week, man. Think about it. Well, I mean, I think when you get Belichick out, and, I mean, the fact Pete Carroll surprised me a little bit because he's, you know, he's he's got great enthusiasm. He's been pretty good there for a number of years. I was a little surprised they pulled the trigger on him. Yeah, I think in his case, he's been one of these guys over the past um, couple, three years that you always wondered about or you looked at at the end of the season and say, okay, is this it for him? I mean, you can say the same for Belichick as well. Now, the question has always come back, the answer has always come back with Belichick. No, he still has a lot of juice, and Pete Carroll has said the same thing. But Pete Carroll really looks like that guy who could still – He's like the Energizer Bunny, right? I mean, he looks like the guy who could, uh, you know, still run laps around a lot of coaches who are, you know, fifteen years younger. Years younger. Yeah, yeah, no, no exactly. question. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I, I, Pete Carroll, I had him on. Uh, this show when he was a coach at USC, and he was unbelievably good with us. I mean, very yeah. generous with his time and, and a good guy. And and uh, my friend and former uh, partner, Rich Miano, uh, ex NFL guy, you know, played for him and said he's just, he's the real he's exactly what he appears to be. You're doing yeah, your job. Yeah. He's a great guy. I mean, he's a fun guy to play for. So I I'm a little surprised because I think I don't think he'd lost the locker room in any way. Do you? No, no, not at all, not at all. Um, so, not really sure, you know, why it went down the way it did now, except for, you know, maybe they they want to open the door for 
for Dan Quinn to come back. I mean, that that seems to be the logical thing, but shoot, we thought uh, Mike Vrabel might be in the mix in New England as well, so you never know how that's going to go. But, you know, remember, too, that the Seahawks, um, you know, have had some, some ownership transition as well, so maybe that has something to do with it. But, you know, the, the, Pete Carroll had a great run. And as he said it, I watched his emotional press conference the other day, and he said that when he got there, you know, he thought maybe it'd be three years or maybe five years or whatever, and look how long it's been. No, oh, I think that's. I think he still can coach, and I, I believe he, when he says he still has the juice, I believe him. I think he'll yep. get another job someplace, but I think you got to be careful what you, which job you take. For example, it does because Pete Carroll is one of those coaches, sort of like an Andy Reid, that can do everything. I mean, he can mm-hmm. be the GM, he can assist the GM, whatever you like, but he, he wants to be in charge. You go work for a guy like David Tepper, you don't, maybe you don't get that chance. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, David Tepper in Carolina, I mean, I think that's a, that's a bad fit for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really so, well, if you want to be making your own decisions, it sure is. This is one of those guys that you know, has a lot of money and figures he knows everything about everything. Yeah, yeah. It's a bad fit if you even just without the control thing, even if you just, you know, are are built a certain way from a football standpoint, it's a tough situation. To, to your point, um, Tepper seems to be that guy who, um, yeah, doesn't doesn't particularly treat his people with the respect they need. Because you think about, you know, what they went through last off season and getting Frank Reich and just the whole, um, you know, program and drafting Bryce Young. And then to blow it all up. I mean, they can't blow up Bryce Young right now. And they've got to be so embarrassed that C.J. Stroud is in the playoffs this weekend, by the way. Sure, Um, because they could have had him. Yeah, yeah. And so that's a tough one there. But, you know, I'm here in Atlanta. I went to uh, Arthur Blank's family uh, business headquarters the other day for a press conference with Blank and Rich McKay talking about the Falcons situation. And I think they're, they are a very attractive, you know, possibility for, you know, one of these coaches that has experience. The, we, the funny thing, Bobby, when you think about the Falcons during Arthur Blank's ownership reign, which goes back about 22 years, right? He has never hired a coach with NFL head coaching experience. Now, he hired Bobby Petrino from the college level, and we saw how that turned out. <laughs> Petrino Not well. walked away yeah. Yeah, in less than a year. But, um, you know, Arthur Blank and the Falcons, they've kind of gone after the, the hot coordinator, right? I mean, they hired, or, and, and not even the hot coordinator sometimes. You know, they had Jim Moore, they had, you know, Mike Smith. Uh, Dan Quinn, and then Arthur Smith. So all of his hires have been with that model. I think it's time for them to go <laughs> with with somebody who can, you know, can really bring it all together, even if that person doesn't have, quote, unquote, total control. So that leads us to Belichick. It leads us to what you said about Pete Carroll as being maybe the guy that can come here to a team that has some really good talent in a lot of good places. And, yeah, you still need a quarterback. You need to fix that. Maybe you can get Kirk Cousins to come or whatever. But point being, they are not that far away from being able to 
compete. And in the, and in, in their division, yeah, they they can roll the ball out and and compete. Think that they could be, yeah, that they can compete. Yeah, who who would you like to see? Certainly, from a media perspective, Pete Carroll would be a delight for everybody covering that team. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, he would be. Um, I, I want to see what, what Belichick is going to do. Um, and so that would be, you know, my guy. And, and the AJC came out with a story yesterday saying that Belichick was the number one target of the Falcons. So there's that to chew on. Now, they, they've also requested interviews with, you know, some some others, some hot coordinators, if you will. Um, but that's the one that intrigues me. Now, if it is Bill Belichick, and if it is Pete Carroll, by that for that matter, you know you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do at quarterback. And so I think that's the thing. But but yeah, Belichick, wherever his next stop is, and I, I see him as being a better fit with an established owner like Arthur Blank than with David Tepper. You know, I oh, think gosh. that would be. A, disaster waiting to happen but i think the respect for arthur blank and kind of you know how uh you know blank has been in the league and done some of the things that might be the thing the only thing that 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 gives you pause is just the fact that um and and, and then you throw rich mckay in there as well who is you know joined at the hip with blank and and i know he and belichick mckay and belichick have you know done things on the NFL level together before. So I think there's a possibility for some chemistry. But, again, you can say the same thing about Pete Carroll, too. But my whole point is break the model of thinking that you had to go with a young coordinator. And the one thing that McKay said the other day, it's like, you know, when we hired uh, Dan Quinn, for example, they kept Thomas Dimitrov as the GM. But the thing that they had to do when they – and they've had to do it multiple times when they hire these coordinators is that they have to – fill out the gaps in the coaching, you know, expertise, right? So if you are a defensive guy, yeah, you've got that handled. Now we've got to make sure we find the right offensive guy and so on and so forth. And, oh, by the way, you have to deal with the media and being the face of the franchise and all of those other pressures that come with being a head coach. And they feel like they've had to, to, to train people up to be able to fill that role. Well, bring in a Pete Carroll or a Bill Belichick, and there's there's no learning curve when it comes to what it takes to be a head coach. So I think that's really what they need. And, again, that's just, uh, you know, my humble opinion. We're talking with Jared Bell from USA Today. There's been so much, uh, so many changes. It's to the surprise of nobody, Jared Mayo is going to be the replacement and uh, they managed the Patriots actually managed to avoid the whole, uh, you know, diversity. Uh, ironically, the d- diversity uh, interview process by putting it in his contract with NFL approval that he would be the the head coach in waiting. So that's a done deal, isn't that ironic? Because he, yeah. yeah, he becomes the black head coach, and there's very few of them. And everybody says smart guy. He has the locker room for sure. Defensive players really liked him, so uh, that would seem to me to be a, a pretty good pick. You you think you just got to see these things play out because you know Mayo, like so many coaches, like I talk about the hot coordinators. I mean, they're not proven. Now he could end up being Mike Tomlin and. 17 years from now, we're saying, okay, 
he's had zero losing seasons or one or whatever many it is, or, you know, a John Harbaugh or a Sean McVay. But for all of those guys that you say they got their head coaching shot and they made the best of it, you know, you've got two or three other guys for every one that, you know, bombed out, you know, whatever happened to Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> Remember him? No, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> You talk about you know, so, short-lived. Holy smokes. Yeah, I just threw out a, the, the name just popped out. But you, you, you've had guys like that as well who get that shot because everybody's looking for that next Sean McVay or Mike Tomlin, and you don't get them. So, so the jury is out on Mayo. But like you said, um, the reviews are good. The projections are good. Everything you hear about him is good. He, he grew up in that culture, yeah. Um it it does it it is rather ironic to your point, Bobby, that um, you know the NFL has instituted these policies to slow down the process, right? And now all of a sudden, that doesn't apply in this case. <laughs> so, right, absolutely. And, and, and it, it it is an interesting dynamic, no doubt about it. Um, especially when you talk about the history of, of, of black coaches in the NFL and the lack of opportunities. Well, now here's one that has one, but it, not with the same, um, you know, process, if you will, as, as others. But uh, I don't think that's going to lessen the respect that he gets inside the building because they know him. And obviously the Patriots had a plan. Do you have a minute to come back around the bend with us? Because I do have to take a break, but we haven't gotten your selections for the weekend yet. Yeah, sure. Let's, let's do it. The next Craig Angeles show is Tuesday at uh, 6 p.m. at Velocity of Honolulu on Kapilani Boulevard. Join Kanoa Leahy with UHAD Angeles for the latest from behind the scenes in UH sports. There's food and drink available, self-parking or valet parking at the MW restaurant brought to you by Youth Camp and the JN Group. We'll be right back with Jared Bell after this. We are back with Jared Bell from USA Today, and time now for the prediction uh, segment. First off, Jared, which game are you attending or which game or games are you going to in person this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to go to Dallas and check out the Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers. So we will see. I've been in Dallas before where they've been either a number one seed or a high seed and a number two seed this, this time and they, they've not gotten it done. And so yeah. I think that's the, you know, the, the, the watch, uh, you know, the, the, the drama watch this week, if you will. No doubt. And I, I kind of think this is, I mean, this is probably a good spot for them because you got Jordan Love and, you know, really uh, early in his quarterbacking career. It's probably not as strong a roster as Dallas has at Green Bay. So, I mean, I think that's a pretty safe pick. Oh, well, if anything can be safe when Dallas is involved. Let's start on the Saturday games. Cleveland at Houston, who do you like? Um, I like the Browns for a couple reasons. Um, the defense has been outstanding. But Joe Flacco has been... Unbelievable. Um, it's unbelievable almost. Yeah, yeah, his whole deal. You know, everybody kind of looked at DeMar Hamlin as being the comeback player of the year after, you know, what happened with him. Sure. You know, the Buffalo safety who had the cardiac arrest. 
Um, I'm not so sure that he ends up winning that award. Now, you know, and, and, and the reason being that, you know, Hamlin's come back, no doubt, but he's he's played very Sparingly? Yeah. Yeah, sparingly is a, is a good word. And, and so I think he didn't play in his first game until like week four or something like that. But anyway, great that he made it back. But Flacco, from a pure, you know, football standpoint, has been the guy who um, – you know, his career seemed to be over, and he came off the couch to, you know, revitalize that offense. Now, here's the other thing about Joe Flacco that's interesting about this one is that when you think about his years with Baltimore um, winning a Super Bowl, not only winning a Super Bowl, but just being a contender on multiple occasions, um, he was a road warrior. I mean, he proved to be unflappable when it came to going to other stadiums and winning. And that's exactly what what he's going to be tasked to do right now in, you know, going to Houston. And if they win and he has to play Baltimore, my goodness, that's going to be something. There's a sidebar for you. Let let me get to this one. Miami at Kansas City and the Dolphins have not played well in cold weather, but I think Kansas City (laughs) hadn't really played very well, period. Your thought yeah, on that one? I know. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's that's going to be an equalizer. <laughs> I think the the fact that the Dolphins are going to sub zero, perhaps <laughs> temperatures, is just going to do them in. And by the way, you know they've been so depleted by injuries yeah. that even if they were at full strength, it was going to be a tall task to go into Kansas City. But yeah, Kansas City is ripe to be had. And if it doesn't happen this week, then it'll probably happen next week, right? And somewhere along the line, there'll be a drop pass in the equation. No, no doubt. Going down. Let's get to Pittsburgh at Buffalo on Sunday. What are you thinking there? Yeah, I mean, Buffalo's supposed to win. They've got the longest winning streak in the NFL right now going into the playoffs at five games. Um, you know, they, they've, they've just been a fascinating story. And – you know, the Bills at home, that's going to be a weather situation as well. It, 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 it may be snowing, it may be raining, it may be a mixture, whatever. Um, the elements are going to be there. Now, Pittsburgh's not the team that uh, is going to fold it up just because of that, but they, they don't have T.J. Watt, so that's a big one for them. Although the one thing, and Mike Tomlin talked about it uh, this week, is that they do have some depth. On the edge, uh, nobody to replace T.J. Watt, and, you know for sure. But um, the Steelers have, you know, they, they won in Baltimore last week, and you could say he had the Ravens had no motivation to win that game. But Pittsburgh has been so gritty. I think this has been Mike Tomlin's best coaching job, which is saying a lot for a guy who, you know, won a Super Bowl in his second year and went to another Super Bowl and had all these ten win seasons and so on and so forth. But you think about where the Steelers were a few weeks ago when Najee Harris was, you know, <laughs> letting it loose in the locker room saying, I'm tired of this crap. And Minka Fitzpatrick was questioning the desire and the professionalism of his teammates. And George Pickens was talking about um, not making a block because he didn't want to get hurt. I mean, this team really, you know, um, came to life in the past couple, three weeks with Mason Rudolph, by the way, at quarterback when Mike Tomlin said, okay, enough of this Mitchell, you know, Trubisky stuff. And so I think Tomlin has done 
you know, a, a rather remarkable job this season. Okay. But Do you think they win, they though? No. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's the bottom line. Okay, <laughs> That's funny. You did ask me that, didn't you? <laughs> okay, how about the Rams at Detroit? That's an interesting game. Oh, man. You know, so Matthew Stafford, right, couldn't win a playoff game in Detroit for, you know, so many years, and now he might win a, win a playoff game in Detroit to beat the Lions. I don't think it's going to happen, but the Rams have, have really flown under the radar um, over the second half of the season for, you know, really playing pretty good football and not just um, on one side of the ball. It's been a kind of a complete thing for them, offense and defense. And and so, yeah, they have a chance. But I, I think I think Detroit has been um, – I, I don't want to say they've been the most consistent team, but they've been able to put up a lot of points consistently, right? So I, I picked the Lions to win that one. Okay, now let's go to the Monday night, Philadelphia-Tampa Bay. Philadelphia's kind of fallen off the wagon, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, I think they're done. I really do. Now, I know there's some sentiment out there that they've got all these veterans and that they could, you know, kind of you know rally the troops and get it done. But if they get it done, it's just going to be for one week, okay? Um, I picked the Bucks to win this game. And I, I think the, the you know the problems with the I think the Eagles just have kind of ran out of gas in terms of what they're going to be you know as far as a contender for this year. And Bobby, think about how many times we've seen this over the years where the team that loses the Super Bowl you know really struggles that next season. And I think the Eagles kind of hit that wall. I mean, they won a lot of games you know early in the first half of the season. Just with their guile, their savvy, um, being able to put it together, and they, it was one close game after another. But lately, it's it's just not. They haven't had enough gas to, to make that happen. I don't see that happening this week. Um, I think Tampa's got them right where they want them at home on a Monday night. But you know, the Bucks have definitely, you know, in winning the worst division in the NFL. Um, you know, we saw them lose last year to the Cowboys in that on that in that Monday night window on Wild Card Weekend. Boy, so, they look bad in that game. Remember? Yeah, yeah. So, but but I'm 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 going to say you know Baker Mayfield and the boys they get it done this time because they'll be enabled by the uh, the, the Eagles. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, this is going to be an interesting week, but it probably. You could look forward to the week ahead. Might even be better. Uh, well, let's hope. Ja- Jared Bell, uh, and listen, you're going to Dallas, and at least it's indoors, right? <laughs> exactly. Don't open that roof this week. No, no doubt. Hey, thanks for coming on with us, Jared. Have a good trip. Okay. Aloha, Bobby. Take care. Jared Bell from USA Today. Let's take a quick time out. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Welcome back on this uh, Friday edition of the program. We do have a pair of tickets to give away for UH men's basketball tomorrow night at the Stan Sheriff Center. It's a 7 p.m. start, and we're going to take caller number three. Caller number three right now. You can get these tickets. Now, I have to say this because the first half last night was about as disappointing a half as I've seen this Rainbow Warrior men's team play. They were just flat. I mean, they were down 13 points at halftime. 
But, man, did they come back in the second half. They got it to within three before falling down. There were a couple of calls, I felt, were a little dicey on that comeback. But, hey, it happens. Don't The, the answer to prevent that, don't get down that much because then you won't be as affected by an adverse call. But there were a couple of bright spots last night. Bernardo da Silva was one. He was terrific. 17 points, 14 boards. He was the man of the hour. The other guy that has really come up is Ryan Rapp. He has only been in the starting lineup now for what, three or four games, and he is real. He really goes for it. He is uh, he is one of the more intense uh, attempts at rebounds and gets on the floor, and he really goes for it. And uh, so those were bright spots. But the starting backcourt, you know, Javon McClanahan and uh, Noel Coleman, who I love those guys. I think they're really good players. And uh, and they're pretty intense, and they're very competitive. They had combined four points, and Coleman had none. I mean, that was desperately tough. The team is fun to watch. I do think they'll find their rhythm on offense. That's really what has to happen because they play good defense. I mean, you hold a team to 60 points, you've done a pretty good job in the Big West Conference. But when you only score 50 yourself, uh, you really eliminate really any real chance of beating anybody good. Not to mention, 3 of 15 from 3, I mean 20%, uh, that's not going to get it. I mean, that's just a problem. I don't think anyone's going to be denying that. Um, it's And the coaches are quite upfront about it. Got the, we got problems to fix, and he was like, and we have a, a two days to do it. And, and I don't think you'll see another game this year. I would bet on this, that where McClanahan and Coleman combine for four points. I just don't think that'll happen again. And uh, certainly won't happen against Riverside. So let's let's uh, hope you win if you're caller number three. You got caller number three yet? Okay, you just let me know if we get caller number three and you can get a pair of tickets. I'll tell you one thing about this team, endlessly entertaining. And I think you'll you'll see you'll see first of all a very improved Bernardo da Silva for sure. And uh, and I think the guards will bounce back because they don't have two bad games in a row typically. So I think uh, you call in, get that, be caller number three, get those tickets, and uh, you'll be in for an entertaining evening uh, tomorrow night. It's it's seven or oh, six fifty three rather. So we uh, we have time if you want it. Okay, we have Sam on the line. Hi, Sam. Good morning, Bob. Happy Friday. How are you? I'm all right. I would like to have a better result from last night's game, but hey, you this is true. You know how these things go better than most. It's a process, baby. It's a process. There you so, go. Um, I just want to say real, real quick. So, I, I really appreciate Bobby every 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 week giving me a platform to call you after my my, my Colts games, win or lose, and we chop it up. And I really appreciate that, man. Big time, big time. Cool. We like to have yeah. you. And I'm uh, I'm excited for next season. Unfortunately, you know, a, fo- a fourth down away from from being where the Texans are. Give them credit. You know, I hope they, they can make a run at it. But uh, I'm excited, man. Next season, Anthony Richardson, Sean Steichen, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, we're going to tear it up, Bob. I, I actually do think that the Indianapolis uh, Colts have a bright future. No question. Huge. Yeah. I mean, yeah, huge. So, but, yeah, but, but thanks again, Bobby. I'll be calling you. You know, you know how we do. And um, I look forward to this playoff, man. I know, I know it's coming. Thanks, Sam. I appreciate you. And uh, so we are, I appreciate the call. We're going to, uh, if we get somebody – 
uh, to win the tickets. Uh, otherwise, I'll give them to the sports animals to give away because I hope people aren't disappointed so much that they are abandoning the team. The, this is a, this is a winner's town, no question. But uh, I mean, they were in that game, and that made if they had made that comeback complete last night, it would have been uh, it would have been really exciting for tomorrow in terms of attendance, enthusiasm, all those things. And I don't know if that's going to happen. It's uh, 55 minutes past six o'clock, so we're getting close to the end of this program. And uh, if you wanted to even chime in with a comment, you can. Uh, and listen, I just like Aran Ganat, who always, I will say, takes this stuff head on. I mean, he doesn't, there's no excuse making, there's no, you know, there's no uh, avoiding the reality, doesn't avoid the reality, it always accentuates the positive. He's always been that way, and I don't think that'll change. But what he also accompanies that with is getting back to work. I mean, he gets back to work pretty good and pretty quick. So I expect that to happen. It's almost uh, 6 o'clock, and uh, Gary Dickman is here. He'll be here along with Chris Hart. And uh, so those guys will bring you the sports animals. And I'm sure Gary will talk about uh, UH basketball because he does halftime uh, at the arena. And I'm sure he had some thoughts on that one because it's. Uh, I think if you follow the team closely, it's disappointing. Uh, no question. I mean, it's not... Not panic time, no no giving up, but you'd hope for a little better result than one and three start. Uh, I had thought maybe three and one at the worst, two and two. And so one and three is definitely a disappointment. And uh, we, I don't know what, uh, what the time is, the out time. We got 20 seconds left. Well, I can't fix the problems that afflict UH basketball in 20 seconds. So, and that as much as I would wish I could have the magic lamp on that one. So, good NFL stuff today. Enjoyed Jared Bell. He really gave us an extended visit, and uh, which was good. He's on his way to Dallas for that uh, playoff game against Green Bay. So, it'll be good stuff all weekend long. That's a wrap for us. For Tanner Hayworth, from all of us at ESPN Honolulu, I'm Bobby Curran. Aloha.